Welcome to season two of the What Are We Doing podcast. Today, we're sharing some of the sneak previews of the episodes that'll be coming out in season two. I'm your host, David Evans, the Director of Conservation for the Aquatic Biosphere Project in Edmonton, Alberta. And I'm so excited to be able to start releasing these episodes on June 8th, World Ocean Day. Part of my goal with the podcast was to explore topics that I knew nothing about and that are far ranging that all still have to do with water. So with that caveat, get ready for some new and exciting topics in season two. Now for our first preview, we're talking about water security and how water resources can cause conflict, but also they can cause collaboration and peace between different nations. We're talking with Dr. Suzanne Schmeyer. She's an associate professor in water law and diplomacy from IHE Delft in the Netherlands. The fact that water is so important makes it um, a highly valued good by individual people, by communities, but also by entire countries. At the same time, as water might become more scarce due to climate change or due to the fact that we're overusing it in many parts of the world, that can lead to competition, either because indeed water is becoming scarcer or because people perceive it as becoming scarcer or because the use is just increasing. Conflicts are prominent, and that's what the media speaks about. And we've all seen in the media these reports on water wars that might be around the corner or water being the source of wars in the 21st century. But if we take a bit of a, a closer look, we see that, yes, there are such water conflicts, but they're by far outweighed by water cooperation, which is simply because water crosses boundaries. Water just forces us to, to collaborate. No one can use water alone. So ultimately, in the long run, water forces us to, to cooperate. So it is very much linked to conflict and security, but also to peace. In this season, we explore oil spill response and oil spill technology, how it's deployed across North America, and what climate change means for the opening of the Northwest Passage and the future of oil and transportation in the Arctic. We spoke with Dr. Nancy Kinner, the University of New Hampshire's co-director of the Coastal Response Research Center. If you start thinking about, oh, maybe we're going to bring tankers through ice-infested waters in the Arctic, whoa, that's a totally different game, right? Because we have ice for many, many months. It's dark and it's cold up there. Even when it's warm, it's cold. You know that. You're Canadian, right? People, they don't appreciate the vastness of the area. If you have a spill in the Gulf of Mexico, you've got a lot of resources, a lot of people, a lot of things that you can deploy. You take that same spill and you put it on the coast of Alaska, or you put it up into, my goodness, the Canadian Arctic. And you have got a way, way, way more complicated situation. Another topic we're exploring is where the future of drugs are coming from. We're looking to the coral reefs. We're looking to the ocean these days. And we talk with Dr. Mark Slattery, a marine ecologist who actually works for the School of Pharmacy at the University of Mississippi. I've had long discussions with other individuals, including my own family, who look at coral reefs as, you know, well, why are we spending money to save them when we've got people that are homeless? You know, drugs from the sea. This is certainly something that people can get their 
get their heads around. If we find a new drug, if we cure cancer or something, that has huge uh, implications for society as a whole. And so I'm quite happy to wave the flag for drug discovery uh, if it's going to help save uh, uh, coral reefs for future generations. And our final sneak preview of this season of the What Are We Doing podcast, we're speaking with Jill Heinerth, a Canadian cave diver, underwater explorer, writer, photographer, filmmaker, you name it, she's done it. Almost, if you can think of a place to dive, she's dove there. So we talk with her about everything cave diving, everything water exploration, and just got a little bit of a taste of what it's like to dive with one of the world's top predators. I had a particular challenge a couple of years ago when I was shooting an episode of The Nature of Things. My diving colleague, he said, we're going to swim with wild polar bears. <laughs> I said, oh, we are, are we? <laughs> yeah, so we ended up jumping in the water with wild polar bears to try and get some shots of them swimming. And it was terrifying. They swim about 10 kilometers an hour and they can swim for 10 days without stopping to eat. We're working out of a little moosehead canoe and we roll off one side of the canoe opposite of the bear. And then once we're ready with our cameras, the canoe backs up so the bear sees us. And when he sees our little neoprene covered heads on the surface, we look just like a seal, right? So he just sees food, comes swimming, you know, 10K an hour towards us. And when he gets close, we dive quickly and try and get the shot of him swimming overhead. But he stops on our bubbles, kind of looks left, looks right, tries to dive down, and um, and we just go deeper. I'm so excited to start releasing episodes on June 8th, World Ocean Day. I'm so happy with how this season is turning out. I've talked to so many interesting experts on so many topics I had no ideas about, and I can't wait to share them with you. Episodes will be released every Wednesday, so make sure you're subscribed. You won't want to miss it. <laughs> 